Diverse voices. Unique sound. Not the same old thing. Different, different. This is NOCO FM. How do we optimize our health and live the life of our dreams? Many people in this modern world become desensitized to chronic stress. We have so much stress going on in our life, and over time, this can lead to mental and physical health changes, including chronic inflammation, poor gut function, autoimmunity, and cancer. My guest for this episode is Dr. Eva Detko. She's a natural health specialist, writer, and podcaster. Her training is in the field of human psychology and nutritional sciences, and it includes a doctorate degree in physiology, biochemistry, and nutrition. She's also a trained clinical and medical hypnotherapist and is a master practitioner of neuro-linguistic psychology. She talks to us tonight about the vagus nerve and how it forms this bi-directional superhighway between your brain and the majority of your internal organs, and what we can do to have a healthier system, improve our overall health, mental, emotional, and physical well-being, so we can enjoy a vibrant and thriving life. Welcome to The Spark. I'm your host, Stephanie James. I am absolutely thrilled to have Dr. Eva Detko on the show with me today. Eva, it has been such a delight to get to know you and so wonderful the third time that I have the privilege of interviewing you and hanging out with you. It's always such a pleasure to talk to you. I'm so glad that we ended up connecting. It's really great. Let's talk a little bit about what's happening in your world. There's so much going on. You've just had a big move. You're in Poland, is that right? Yes, yes I am, back after 24 years of living abroad. Wow, wow. What, what's bringing you back? You know, I don't know, there is this strange pull and it's very interesting because when I first left here, I was certain I was never coming back and here I am, isn't that funny? <laughs> yeah, it just feels like the right moment to be here now. We, my husband and I are a bit nomadic, so kind of here and there and everywhere already, but it just seems like the right time. And actually, he says, I don't want to move again. I don't want to move every four years like we've been doing. So we'll see if we can stick around for a bit longer than four years this time. Well, I love when you started talking about it. All of a sudden, the birds started singing in the background. Yeah, it's actually nice. It. We we next to a bit of a forest and they're having the afternoon song. Oh, yeah, that's nice. Beautiful. Yes. So let's talk about a little bit so people get to know you that might not know you, Eva. What's, what, tell us a little bit about just your background and your history. So I work in the world of natural medicine, really. I know it's a very broad term, but very much integrating what I believe are three fundamentals or pillars of who we are and what we are on the health level and otherwise. Um, and that is the, the physical, the biochemical, also the emotional as well as the spiritual, the energetic side. So have trained in different modalities, have done loads of different things. I've been doing this interest in this interested in this for a long, long time, but I have been actually 
doing this work for over 20 years and in one way or another. And all of that because of my own struggles and challenges and my own health journey. That, that obviously is what a lot of people will say, that they end up doing what they're doing because of their own challenges that they manage to conquer, overcome, and they have this drive, you know, when you get to the other side of it, you just really want to share it, uh, share your solutions with other people. So sort of not that unique in that respect. But and and your story is unique. And each as each one of us have this unique story, you know, to share. And your journey has been really amazing. W- will you share a little bit of your own story? Yeah, I, uh, I started early in terms of my challenges, let's put it that way. All started, my mother's pregnancy was very, very difficult. She suffered um, a real emotional blow because her sister died as a result of a vaccine injury when my mom was three months pregnant with me. And so, understandably, she was only 22 at the time as well. And back then, they didn't have any help, any, you know, psychological you know, therapies, tools, people who would help you. You were just expected to get on with it, basically. And so, but it doesn't work that way. You and I both know it doesn't work that way. Telling somebody to just get over a trauma is it's crazy, right? But well, that this, this were the times. And so uh, she completely fell apart and she was under so much stress that um, it affected the outcome of the pregnancy. It affected her physical body. And in fact, the consultant at the time was absolutely convinced that her emotional state definitely influenced the outcome of the pregnancy. And so she developed toxemia of pregnancy and well, ended up losing one baby. And I survived only just. And my mother also almost died when she was giving birth as well. So there was a lot of trauma. And then uh, really, I was a bit of a weak child as a result of that, both physically and emotionally. And it all kind of cascaded from there. And if you imagine, I came into this strange environment where there was a lot of grief because my aunt, my mother's sister, only just died, right, a few months prior. So there was a lot of grief. Um, yet this, at the same time, there was this outpouring of love because everybody, I was the new, new baby. I was the first grandchild for my grandparents as well. So there was this strange mixture of, of different things emotionally and energetically, but people were hurting around me. And obviously that would have been something that, you know, a child will pick up on that. And so um, really that continued because my grandmother never really recovered from that trauma. And as a result of that, that weakness, I suppose, and there was sort of more that followed. And then there was, I suffered abuse and bullying. And I was just um, one of those really sick children. I was at the doctors literally every couple of months. And so, yeah, it just sort of went on and on. And I did not handle stress particularly well. 
And one of the reasons for that is when you have early exposure to stress and trauma, you just get wired. You're wired that way. You just don't handle stress very well. You become more hypervigilant. And it's, it's all kind of becomes very survival-based. Your whole existence is just about survival, really. And so I very much felt that. I felt that throughout my younger years and my teenage years. And I had extremely difficult time as a teenager, really, really hard time. I was just extremely easily triggered. By that point, it was just anything would trigger me and I would be in you know, floods of tears or I wanted to you know, hit people and it just was really, really not coping at all. And so eventually that led to physical manifestations. I was diagnosed with chronic fatigue, fibromyalgia. I had to overcome that. I also had Hashimoto's as well. Obviously there were other contributing factors to Hashimoto's, but definitely the chronic fatigue and fibromyalgia were two conditions that for sure that early trauma had a massive bearing on and the fact that it kind of all added up, you know, all of those, all of those little traumas, big traumas sort of piled up over the years. And then I went over the edge and, and that was it. And I couldn't get out of bed for uh, um, some time. So yeah, it's interesting. But it, the point is that it got pretty bad and I had to hit rock bottom uh, but I did recover. So if I fully recovered from, from this, this it, you know, I'm fine. Uh, I can, I'm living a normal life. Given that a lot of people with fatigue and fibro, it takes them decades, sometimes years, sometimes decades, sometimes they never recover. So I would say that it's possible for people to do it, but there are a lot of factors to it. There are a lot of boxes we need to tick. It's a definitely a multifactorial uh, approach that is required to resolving those sort of conditions. And this is why I was talking earlier about working at those three different levels, because there's definitely a psych sort of uh, energetic component. There's obviously emotional, psychological component, and there's definitely also a biochemical component. So we need to then address all three of them. And when we do that, things do get better. So that's, uh, that's at least a positive message at the end. It does get better. Did you have a breakthrough or like an awakening that was one of those pivot points for you? Yeah, yeah, for certain. I got to this point emotionally where I was very much at a breaking point and I realized that I was always, I was either going to end my life or I needed to serious something seriously, seriously needed to change because I was not prepared to continue living like this. And that really was the turning point because it was at the moment of, first of all, identifying that trauma was a major, major part of all my, all those problems, the manifestations, like I said, the, the physical ill health. It was the realization of, of that and that immediate, I have to do something about it and whatever happens, I will find the right tools and the right methods to help me through it. It was That was obviously the turning point because then it was uh, just a matter of time and I very quickly started coming out of it. Yeah. Beautiful. Yeah. And so what were those things that really helped you 
to heal? What were the things that took you? Because to look at you now, I mean, there is no way you are just this light and this energy and to me, just like this beaming, you know, soul of health. And so it's hard to imagine, you know, and, and it, talk about hopeful for our listeners. You know, I, I wish that they could see you because it's, you're just radiant. So obviously there, there is hope and there's things that, that people can do to start on their healing journey. Oh, for, for sure. I really, really absolutely believe this. It's, it may not always be possible to recover your health fully if you you know it depends where you are what, what it is that how how much of the body is broken down but i can tell you there's always so so much that you can do to improve and people really underestimate what their bodies and their minds are capable of notoriously underestimate that So for sure, I want to promote that message of hope. And for me, uh, awareness, of course, is the first step to any lasting change. So like I said, having that awareness that, hang on a minute, I really need to heal emotionally. And I'm going nowhere if I, if I don't do this. So then the next sort of obvious step was, okay, what can help me achieve this? And what can help me achieve this reasonably quickly? I don't want to be in therapy for years. I'm ready to do this now. I'm ready to change whatever it needs, needs to change. And that's it. I'm ready. Let's go, right? And so the two first modalities, this was a long time ago. These are modalities I still use, but I obviously have acquired other superb tools since then but for me personally at the beginning it was hypnotherapy and nlp neuro-linguistic programming and i can tell you indeed i had great people around me at the time you know when they always say mm, when you need to heal the right people will come into your space and well however that goes like paraphrasing but basically that's exactly what happened for me it, the right people appeared in my life, you know, and I engaged with it and it started turning things around for me very, very quickly, really very, very quickly. I mean, I'm talking weeks to a few months, but literally within a few days of, I, actually, I decided to do a course in NLP and it happened to be one of the key sort of aspects of my thing that was probably the, the 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 biggest shift that i had i mean obviously there were sort of bits and pieces along the way but that was a pretty big one and this was a question of four that that first module of that course was, was four days long and the person i was working with knew the challenges because i shared with him what i was going through at the time and he was quite focused on helping me out. Obviously he had a group to consider, but he was really, really good in terms of, you know, I'm going to, to help you through it. Within four days, Stephanie, I was already a different person. And then that kind of really ignited my desire to go deeper and deeper, to study it, to really understand my emotional patterns and responses and behaviors and 
personality traits and everything. <laughs> you know, just just really a fantastic journey, really. I have to say, this you just never look back when you get to the other side, which you never actually, by the way, done. <laughs> you know, it's we know that, right? Yeah, yeah. We always, always discover new things. We can always improve. We can always climb the ladders of consciousness. For starters, you know, we can become more and more enlightened as we go, and this is definitely a process. And this is a process that probably doesn't even end when we die, but that's another conversation, right? We continue to do this. At least I believe that. And so, yeah, it's just, it it was a process that I would never, so I never say that, oh, this was painful and oh my goodness. No, no, I actually think that the pain that you would be in Oh, if some and some people are because they kind of shy away from working through certain things, it's much, much, much worse than that temporary connection that you have to make. Because obviously, if you're going to work through certain emotional states or through trauma, you have to make that brief connection with it so you can activate it so you can work through it. A lot of modalities work in that way, but once you have done it you you honestly you're gonna i've never ever met anybody who wouldn't say this is the best thing i have done for myself that's basically always the conclusion you never go oh i really wish i hadn't done any of the self-development <laughs> right. work right so and i always say the 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 pain maybe a bit of discomfort because not a bit of discomfort you get through worse pain going to the dentist than you will going through emotional type therapies but yes but there is this apprehension understandably so because people don't really know what's going to happen what they're going to discover you know maybe they're going to feel overwhelmed maybe they're already feeling overwhelmed and they're thinking oh my god i'm gonna open this pandora's box and i'm not gonna be able to cope with it and so on but if you have the right guidance then absolutely it's the right thing to do because if you're just cooking in this and the trauma is always going to be there unless you heal it properly, then that's not going to do any good for you either emotionally, energetically, or for that reason, for that matter, physically, because sooner or later, this will result in the physical breakdown of the body. And whether you want to look at it from the energetic metaphysical perspective or purely physiology, constant underlying stress that, early trauma or whatever trauma causes you that kind of underlying background stress. And for some people it's it's more maybe overt, but for a lot of people it's just that background underlying, always having some bit of that bit of fear or anxiety or sadness or guilt or shame or, you know, whatever else that is essentially chronic stress and chronic stress over time leads to biochemical breakdown of the body. So this is just something that I would encourage people with chronic health issues to look into because when we have chronic health issues, this is always a piece of the puzzle. It's a question of how big a piece this is for you. I know for me, it was enormous. It was absolutely the key piece for me. It may not be the key piece for everybody, but it's always a piece. Mm. You know, and the the trauma part that you're talking about too, I think you're exactly right on. It's it's that part of when we're holding onto that trauma, that's so heavy in our pain body. 
you know, and we're carrying that around. And we think, I think because of the way that our minds work, and when we are looking at something that's unknown, our mind automatically goes to, well, that's fearful. We don't know what that is. And that can raise our anxiety, even if that thing that's unknown is healing, right? So, so we'll keep mm-hmm. ourselves oftentimes from doing that work. And just like you were talking about, the essential piece, I think part of what I was hearing you say is once you like surrendered and just said, I'm, I want to do the work. I am ready to do the work. It's like that whole thing of like, when the student is ready, the teacher appears. And ah, that's the one. That was uh, the one. Yeah. That's what I was trying to say. Yeah. I mean, because suddenly you had these people in your life and they're taking you to the next level and opening you up. And so it is, I mean, I, I always say, you know, to my clients, our growth edge is never comfortable. And the reality is staying in that pain and staying in that trauma, that's not comfortable either. But oftentimes it's so familiar that we're willing to stay in that familiarity because the unknown seems so frightening. And yet exactly what you're saying is true. Once we're willing to do the work and and surrender to this process, and surrender being actually a beautiful thing, it actually is our access point, right? It's Mm. not a point of weakness. It's it's a point of power. No, you're opening that portal. You're opening that portal at that point. But you know, that's because of that apprehension, because of that fear of the unknown, which is just a regular human fear. You know, we we all have a bit of that. It's a survival thing as well. Yeah. Uh, It's one of the primal fears that we have you know so it's it's understandable it's not that people should beat themselves up over it but the point is that uh, the moment you as you said that the word surrender is quite nice you just release that it it just happens it can have it can happen very very quickly uh, that transition and transformation, but it is true that we do need to be ready. And sometimes that readiness, actually most of the time that readiness comes out of extreme pain, that it, the readiness comes out of hitting the rock bottom because you get, it gets so bad that you go, you know what, whatever the unknown is, however much I'm anxious or scared of it, you know what, I don't care anymore because I cannot say where I am. And that's when you go, okay, whatever happens, happens. I'm just doing it, right? And that, that's very much, that was very much my experience, for sure. I think one of the really beautiful things I've learned from you when I interviewed you before is talking about, you know, I, I know you've got this upcoming summit, talking about the vagus nerve system and just how important that is in our healing and to really look at how that plays a role. I had no idea until I spoke to you the importance of this system. So can you address that a little bit, Eva, in, in our healing and the importance of this? Yes, I would love to because this is something that uh, is currently, I, I don't really know why it's only now kind of bursting out a little bit and more and more people are starting to talk about it. Uh, but the, the, that's a good thing. It's a good thing. And it's only going to be talked about more, not less. So people will be hearing Vegas now, Vegas now, Vegas now, more and more. And the reason why that is, it's it's a key nerve of our parasympathetic nervous system. It's the 10th cranial nerve. And when we're thinking about 
the autonomic nervous system. So that's the system that is responsible for all the involuntary processes in the body. Things like breathing, heartbeat, all the things that we don't have to think about yet they are happening, detoxification, digestion, and the body just keeps doing its thing in the background. We don't have to consciously think, oh, I better digest that piece of meat I've just eaten, right? I better release some stomach acid now because, you know, <laughs> otherwise I'll struggle to digest it. All of those processes, and there's obviously uh, millions of those little reactions happen automatically and the automatic part of the, the nervous system is the autonomic nervous system and that system is divided into the sympathetic and parasympathetic the sympathetic is the fight or flight response and that's one of the stress responses that we have is the fight or flight whereby if we faced with a threat we're going to either consider fighting that threat or running away from that threat. There is also another option, which I'll come to in a minute. But on the other side, we've got the parasympathetic nervous system. And the, the main part, well, not the main part, but say one part of that parasympathetic nervous system response, it's called, it's called the ventral vagus complex. So basically, parasympathetic vagus nerve it's almost synonymous, but what we need to understand is that the parasympathetic is the rest, digest, detoxify, and heal on one side, but then it's also the freeze response on the other side. So we've got this ventral vagus complex, which is also known as a social nervous system. When that engages, we, we self-regulate a lot better. We make, ba make better decisions. We are able to read other people's facial expressions, connect with people. We are able to assess whether somebody may be a threat or not. And we can do that very accurately when that system engages really well. And then, of course, when I said rest, digest, detoxify, heal, this is the part of the nervous system that needs to be active in order for us to be able to digest the food, detoxify, and so on. And all those processes that happen when we're in this resting state, yes? And then we also have this freeze response, which actually is also the parasympathetic response. Uh, but what that is really is when we completely overstimulate the nervous system, the nervous system will shut down. When it just can't fight or it can't, you know, we can't fight, we can't run away, we're going to just shut down. And you can see that in animals when you watch nature programs, that they will go into the state of, which is called hyper, it's called a hypometabolic state or hibernation or, or whatever, they just play dead or whatever, and it's just like shut the body, the body shuts down, they basically shut, shut it down. And so usually the hierarchy of this is, quite interesting and that's obviously according to the polyvagal theory by dr stephen porges and that helps people understand because sometimes people think okay well i don't quite get it so parasympathetic is supposed to be good for me sympathetic is supposed to be not so good for me obviously it's not good bad because it's appropriate if it's a, if there's a threat we need to engage it and we need it right but it's when we're talking about chronic activation of fight or flight then that's what's going to cause problems. So just to, just to give people a better idea of how this works, the hierarchy works like this. So if we 
for example, identify a threat. Say somebody, we're going for a walk in the woods and we're coming across this person, right? And we're on our own. And then so the first thing we're going to engage is actually the ventral vagus or our social nervous system. The very first instinctive response for us will be, can we just smile and say hello to this person? Can we connect? And then, you know, that's, that's going to be the first thing that the nervous system of a healthy person, may I say, of a healthy person, somebody who's been through a lot of trauma may be completely different. They may jump straight into fight or flight. But normally what should happen, so when I say what should happen for a healthy nervous system, for a healthy person, is that we, you know, we're walking past and we're checking them out, we're smiling, we're saying hello. So we're kind of socially engaged and it's probably all fine and they're going to reciprocate and we're going to walk past and think nothing of it. But let's say that our nervous system gives us some sort of, there is some sort of cue or clue coming at us that something is not quite right about this individual that is coming uh, coming at us, right? We are extremely, you know, intuitive and we can usually tell these things very well. Again, if the nervous system is switched on, we'll be able to tell by various things, various sort of stimuli and various information, bits of information that we're going to get. And at that point, if we detect this as a threat, then the, this uh, fight or flight will engage. So we're going to then very quickly make a decision. Are we going to run away to save our skin or we're going to fight this person? That's also a possibility, right? If somebody um, feels that way inclined and feels like they need to protect themselves. However, if we assess again, or, you know, we kind of the situation sort of develops, so to speak, and we realize that actually we stand no chance fighting them and we're probably not going to be fast enough to run away from them, then what's going to kick in after that is the freeze response. Okay, so, and that's very much, like I said, in the animal world, you would see exactly that, okay? Well, usually gazelle doesn't want to befriend a lion, but, you know, it's more of a, the social nervous system is more of a human thing, but they're going to try and, run away. If they feel like they cannot outrun, they will play dead. They will go into this hypometabolic state of freeze. And in people, what is interesting is that when you have chronic illness, you very often, you can be in fight or flight. And a lot of people are constantly in fight or flight, but in certain situations, for instance, chronic fatigue and fibromyalgia are two of the conditions that you, you find that a lot of people will actually be more identifying more with this complete shutdown response, the complete shutdown mode, because they've just overstimulated to that degree that the body is just in this shutdown state. So this is very, very important because this vagus nerve has got so many different functions in the body. Um, it's got, it's, it supplies basically most of the organs in the chest and the abdominal cavity. It connects to the lungs, to the heart, to, to spleen, thymus, which are immune glands, um, pancreas, uh, liver, gallbladder, small intestine, and two-thirds of the large intestine. It's, it's one nerve with many, many different jobs, many different jobs. So if you now imagine if that nerve is not working and activating readily as it is supposed to, you can straight away, even intuitively, you know, ah, 
that's going to be a problem for my heart, for my lungs, for my gut, for my liver, for my global, right? So you, you potentially, what can happen is that people uh, develop a lot of chronic symptoms and they go around various practitioners or doctors or whatever, and they chase their gut symptoms and they chase their heart symptoms, they chase their immune issues because this vagus nerve also is a key um, part of switching off chronic inflammation. So if you have chronic inflammatory issues, which every single chronic disease will have a level of chronic inflammation, you going to, you already know that there is, the vagus nerve is not working optimally because if it was working optimally, you would be shutting that chronic inflammation off and it's not doing that. And so people go from practitioner to practitioner and trying to work on their gut and trying to detox their liver and then this is not working and that and blood sugar issues and this, that and the other, right? Whereas what I advocate is okay, sometimes we, we still obviously need to work on changing the diet or whatever else we need to do. And this is what I said before, the biochemistry is also important, but we really need to fix the nervous system and rebalance the autonomic nervous system. Because if we don't, no matter how good a diet, no matter how great our supplements, could be most organic, most expensive, <laughs> whatever they are, uh, could be a whole bunch of them, and they're still not going to be doing what they're supposed to. And they're not going to be fixing the issue because the, the actual underlying problem, which is that autonomic nervous system dysfunction and the fact that that vagus nerve is not working properly has not been addressed. And essentially, today's, you know, I mean, just look at how people live these days. We have so much internal pressure that we put on ourselves and obviously everything that's going on externally which a lot of, of a, lot, a lot of which we cannot control but obviously we can always work on our own response to different stresses that are coming at us and making sure that we develop this neurological resilience not just biochemically we develop resilience we can uh, enhance our immune system response and so on through supplementation diet and so on but we can definitely enhance how the body works and behaves immunologically, hormonally, and otherwise through doing this work on the nervous system. And so, so I'm spreading this message because sometimes people can go round and round in circles. Hey, it's your boy Priest D, D for Daddy, aka Slim and Sexy, aka Double S C D, Slim Sexy, Celine Dion, or you can just call me PWT, Pretty White Teeth. This is your boy Dr. <laughs> IJ. What's up, everybody? This is your girl Tiff, and we are two dudes and a chick, and we are so excited to be part of this NoCo family. I'm excited, super excited. And so excited to welcome you guys into our conversation. Y'all can tune in every Sunday at 7 o'clock. Listen, learn, get some of this little... Make sure you say mountain time so the people know. Oh, yeah. 7 o'clock hey, mountain time. Yeah, we in Cali. We, we got that Pacific time. So turn in on mountain time, 7 o'clock. And um, enjoy us, man. Y'all gonna, gonna really love us. Your support means the world to us. Hi. It's Dr. Natalie Phillips from Connecting a Better World. Everything we do here at NOCO FM is member-supported. 
from the music we play to our original podcasts and live shows, all of that costs money to produce, and we can't do it without you. Become a member today and invest in the programming you enjoy so we can create more together. Learn more at noco.fm. And then they do the trauma work and they're doing some work on the vagus nerve and suddenly the diet is working better. Suddenly the supplements they could never take because, for instance, they would react or the foods they used to react to suddenly, oh, I can eat more, more foods now. I'm not allergic to absolutely everything under the sun. Oh, now I'm, I'm, my gut is behaving and I don't have you know, bloatedness or whatever other issues anymore. Right? So suddenly you can correct quite a few different things with the, the, the vagus nerve work. But what goes with that is basically the work around reducing the fight and flight and reducing freeze and emphasizing more of this rest, digest, detoxify and heal. Yeah. So is it as we do our healing work, as we do some of this trauma work, it has a direct effect on the vagus nerve system? Without a doubt, absolutely. Yeah, because, yeah. of course, the, the vagus nerve is a big component of the gut-brain axis, all right? So there's going to be this communication between the gut and the brain. It it's originates in the brainstem, and like I said, it supplies all of these organs throughout the body. So there is this feedback going back and forth. It's a two-way highway, the brain, gut, gut, brain, brain, gut, gut, brain. And there's just this constant feedback going back and forth. So... In that way, we can affect, we can definitely affect our, our brain by, for example, regulating our gut function. There's no doubt about it. If we regulate my microbiome, we're going to have a better uh, response. We're going to have less brain inflammation and therefore better emotional responses. It definitely works that way around. But it also, through the trauma work uh, that we can do with people, and people can do on themselves with a lot of modalities that are available, a lot of that work they can do on themselves, not all of it, but a lot they can, that's going to have direct effect on the gut and on, on that brain-gut axis. And it's going to be this, this sort of beautiful feedback that is now a positive feedback rather than negative feedback that it was before. Yeah, just this beautiful, you know, mind, body, spirit connection. You know, that's, that's really what I'm hearing. And, you know, for those people that, that are saying, well, what's an entry point for me? What are some of the healing modalities that you would recommend that would best start addressing healing the vagus nerve system? There are many, many different things we can do, but the most important thing about healing the vagus nerve and basically rebalancing the autonomic nervous system is that we need to pick things that work for us, okay? And sometimes what that means is that even though meditation can be a great tool for many people, it certainly is not the right tool for everybody at this time, particularly not for people who have been traumatized and haven't resolved that trauma. And so a good entry level sort of modality, if you will, or tech, well, there are various breathing techniques, but this entry level for even meditation that many people just 
will put themselves in fight or flight when they try to meditate. And I think you know that too, right? That they will go, okay, meditation is good for me. I'm supposed to be doing meditation. Yes, I better do this. So yes, I better sit still. You know, and they just, at this point in time, this is not right. Not to say that people can't build the practice and pursue it and resolve what they need to in order to be able to do this. I definitely encourage that. But I also don't want people to feel bad about not being able to do it or feel like they're more worked up by doing the meditation than they were to begin with, in which case that, didn't, that, did, that did nothing for the vagus nerve. That actually stressed them out. So they, again, activated the fight or flight and not the rest digest, detoxify, and heal response. So breathing, deep breathing exercises are a good entry point for that because you can, you have so many things to focus on when you're doing deep breathing. You know, you will focus on how your ribs are rising and falling and how your chest is rising and falling. And, you know, you send the, the air into your belly and your stomach should expand first. And then you should, should have a slight lift of the chest. And then you're focusing on breathing in through the nose and out through the mouth. Maybe you even add some vocalizations to it, you know, like, you know, that sort of thing when you breathe out with certain breathing techniques. Um, you could add count to it because various breathing techniques will say, oh, breathe in for five, breathe out for seven, and so on, right? And because there are so many things to focus on, you you sort of get your mind occupied enough so you don't get, even if you have this monkey mind that you can never seem to keep quiet, and that's what potentially winds you up when you do meditation, breathing was completely different. And what what is the beautiful, beautiful Thing about breathing techniques is that you can have literally immediate effect on your physiology because it's almost like you're tricking the mind and the nervous system into thinking everything is good. Everything is good. I'm safe. The safety aspect with this is fundamental. If you don't feel safe, you don't engage the vagus nerve. You have to feel safe to be able to engage the vagus nerve. That's actually the key, key thing here. So if I sit in a space where I know I'm safe, maybe it's, it's in my office or in my room or somewhere, and, I, and then I, I just cl close my eyes and start doing a bit of breathing, I can have this immediate impact on the physiology because when we are stressed, we breathe in a very superficial way. And that superficial breathing sent the message, sends the message to the brain that there's a threat. So we need to make those physiological adjustments. We need to speed up heart rate. We need to increase blood flow to the limbs, blah, 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 blah. So there's lots of physiological changes that happen when you enter that fight or flight response. And likewise, when you slow your breathing right down, and particularly when you breathe in through the nose, we never breathe in through, through, through our nose when we're stressed. We breathe in through our mouth when we're stressed. So when you, when you slow the breathing down and you breathe in through the nose and you slow down and you put a count on it as well, you immediately, literally within a couple of those breaths, you're sending a message to your brain saying, ah, oh, actually things are good. I'm safe. I'm okay. And so that will have an, an op this, this opposite effect in terms of cascading different hormones and different neurotransmitters that are associated with the body being calm and relaxed. So even for somebody who really doesn't see themselves as a type that can do meditation right now, this is the thing to start with. 
because that can then lead and you get better at it and you get better at it. And then before you know it, you'll be able to meditate actually because you will be having such a calming effect on your body. And then you can sit down and within a few breaths, you feel calm. And then suddenly your mind slows down and like, oh, I think I can meditate now. So it, it's, it sort of builds up like this. But that's definitely a brilliant place to start. And before I forget, I obviously want to uh, give big shout out to one modality that is pretty much my top go-to modality for working with complex trauma. I do work with loads of different tools, but havening techniques, havening techniques can be an excellent self-help tool and even if again somebody is really not into meditation this is a psychosensory therapy whereby you actually apply touch to your skin and you calm the nervous system down because you're acting directly on the receptors in the skin which then sends the signal to the amygdala part of the brain and it calms everything down and it basically pulls the brain in a more of a delta wave state which is the same state that we experience during the deep sleep so extremely healing extremely calming and literally within a minute or two you will feel the impact of it so it's just a technique that is very very simple but it's extremely impactful and as much as we can use it in a quite a complex way with complex trauma we can also use it as a self-help tool so i just wanted to to bring that to people's attention yes and but and about I weave that in i'm going to weave that in and i'll i'll do it before we get to the summit because i want it to be really connected because that is so important and when you say it i'm always like oh my gosh i've got to research that because it, it sounds so beautiful what an amazing tool Yes, yes, it certainly is. And, you know, with other tools that you're already using, absolutely miraculous. Because that's what I do. I combine it. But it, that's the beauty of the technique is that it actually integrates very, very well with whatever else you already have. It's not one of those techniques that it must be done in this exact way. Does the protocol? No, it's not like that. It's, it's a very, very flexible technique. I want to make sure that we have time to talk about your summit that's coming up because this is just such an important place where people can come and get information and you have so many speakers. Can you speak a little bit about that? Absolutely. So about the summit, it's so important what I was talking about, the fact that the Vegas nerve is such a critical aspect of our health and healing, both on a mental, psychological, emotional level, and also physical, biochemical level. I wanted to create an event that would really cover quite comprehensively. I know I can't cover everything in one event, but but we've got 43 sessions and interviews, and then we have practical sessions as well for every day of the summit. The summit goes on for seven days. So there's a lot of information, not everything, because I, I still would like to do more and add more, but it's a pretty good start. We've got a lot of really, really informative sessions on the different aspects of the Vegas system and the different ways, the different modalities. We're sharing so many different modalities on how to heal that as well and how to rebalance the autonomic nervous system. So fantastic place to start if somebody is, is not that 
you know, knowledgeable about this yet or how to use it for themselves. And what I really love is that we, every day of the summit for all the seven days we're doing Monday to Sunday, we're going to have a different water called vagus nerve stimulation session of the day. And for that, we have different modalities. We have sound healing. We have havening. I'm doing a havening session. So people can actually experience this straight away, right? And have that, feel that impact because it's not just having the information. It's like, how, how do I use it? How do I have the impact straight away? We have EFT as well. We've got a couple of meditations. We've got Kundalini Yoga. So it's going to be just a range of different things. I, when I do summits, this is not my first, I've done them before. I am very particular about not repeating information. Obviously, you know, people will say, yes, Vegas nerve is the 10th cranial nerve. Yes, yes, okay, you hear that more than once. But literally every session has a different focus and the information is pure gold. No fluff, no going off on tangents. No, 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 it is really, it, I kept it focused because what I appreciate that is that people want the information, they want to use it, and they don't have hundreds of hours to listen to this. They really want to get to the point, give me the information. And I very much kept it like this for, for a reason. So people, if they only have like half an hour, 40 minutes before going to work, something like that, they can grab a, a session from that day and at least already they're this much sort of further ahead in the, in the process, if you like. So I really encourage people to, to attend this because this is going to be one of the absolutely key health and life-changing things that, that you can do for yourself is to, is to address the vagus nerve. Well, and you've got world-renowned experts joining you. What, what are some of the, who are some of the presenters that are going to be with you? We have quite a few people in the world of actually, well, trauma. We actually have Bruce Lipton. I got him. We've got Dr. Craig uh, Weiner, who is one of the top master trainers of EFT in the US, uh, in North America, actually. And we've got Ronald Rudin, who's Dr. Rudin, is the creator of the havening techniques, right? And then we've got people um, like Tom O'Brien and Dr. Terry Walls, who deal more of the, on, on with this sort of immune and nervous system stuff more on the sort of biochemical diet side so we, we brought that aspect in as well so there is certainly loads of wonderful speakers really top top-notch experts so exciting well Ava as, as we wrap up what is, what is the essential message that you want people to take away from our time together what, what do you want the listeners to know I want the listeners to know what I touched on at the beginning is no matter how bad your situation, no matter how hopeless you might be feeling, no matter how much you feel, oh, I've tried everything and nothing has worked. Please, I just want to encourage you to keep going because I can promise you there's one thing I can guarantee you have not tried everything. There is still more for you to discover and uh, when you're ready, you discover it and then things can actually transform very quickly sometimes. Sometimes it, it really doesn't take years to do this work anymore. It really doesn't. I'm sure this has been your message before. We can do trauma work. We can do emotional work with the tools that we have, with a better knowledge of neuroscience that we have than we did even 10, 20 years ago. We can do this more work in a more targeted, more effective way. And that means that within a few weeks, you could be living a completely different life. 
And that's what we want for people to really live their best lives, to not to live in fear and anxiety, but rather just go, you know what, life happens. Life always happens. Viruses come along, various other things come along, right? But we can build that resilience. We can build that resilience biochemically, psychologically, energetically, and then whatever happens, happens, we can handle it. And that's really what I want for people is to have that trust and confidence that they can handle things and life can just happen. And obviously we always want to make the best choices in life and hopefully good things will happen, but also not live in this constant crazy fear and anxiety of what might or might not be. That's what I want for people is to be free, have that freedom of I'm just living my life. I'm enjoying my life. And if something comes along, do you know what? I'll just handle it when it happens. I'm not going to project into the future worrying about it. There is hope for profound healing within us. Eva's personal story is absolutely amazing. As a child and young woman, she struggled with so many health issues that she was able to overcome. She was able to heal herself and move to a life of absolute health, healing, and thriving. It's just so amazing that when our vagus nervous system is functioning properly, we self-regulate a lot better, we make better decisions, and we're better able to connect with other people. We enhance our overall immune system, reduce our own fight or flight or freeze response, and we allow our body to rest, digest, detoxify, and heal. What is truly amazing is that we can start to improve our overall well-being by just taking some deep breaths. So by just taking those deep breaths in through our nose and slowing down our breathing, it's literally telling our whole system that it's safe, that it's okay. And then everything in our body calms down. And we're better able to heal. I think it was really important that she shared there's so many healing modalities that can help us get to a place of health and healing on a mental, psychological, emotional, and biochemical level. There's EFT, yoga, meditation, EMDR. She spoke about havening techniques. And the beauty is that you can start healing right now, today. And just know that your healing is what is going to help heal all of humanity. Your health and healing matters. You matter. And as you become more whole, that becomes the gift that you share with the rest of the world. So take time to be priority in your own life. You're worth it. And the world needs you. Remember, The Spark is your show too. If you have questions, feedback on the show, or if you're going through something and need a little help, we'd love to hear from you. Continue the conversation with us at our website, thesparkpod.com, and on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube. New episodes of The Spark air Wednesdays at 7 p.m. Mountain. To make sure you don't miss an episode, subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher Radio, or wherever you get your podcasts. The show is not a substitute for professional care by a doctor or other qualified medical professional and should not be considered medical advice. 
If you're having a mental or physical health crisis, please seek treatment immediately. The Spark is produced by NOCO Media Limited, which is solely responsible for its content. Thanks again for listening. This has been The Spark, igniting your best life. I'm Stephanie James. This has been a production of NOCO-FM.